The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. The NFL kicks off this week and get ready with the 32-team NFL team previews from the Sports Gambling Podcast. All you have to do is go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NFL previews today. And the free roll football contest is back and better than ever. $5,000 up for grabs in our NFL contest and $1,500 in our brand new college football contest. Sign up exclusively in our Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. Welcome, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, September 8th, currently 317 on the East Coast, here to break down the late afternoon games for NFL Week 1. I could not be more excited. NFL is finally here. We're going to dive into the afternoon games, like I mentioned, but helping me to handicap those games and give out our betting picks for those afternoon games. My main man, he's all over the network, doing it both on and off the court on the NBA Gambling Podcast, WNBA Gambling Podcast, the Tennis Gambling Podcast, and the newly launched NFL Gambling Podcast. My main man, Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, how you doing, my man? Doing pretty well. Looking forward to getting through week one and a bunch of weeks after that. So it should be a pretty fun football season. I know a lot of the guys at SGPN are watching it in Vegas. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm not one of them, but I'll be watching it either way. Be betting on it either way. We'll all make money together. Yeah, you and me both. I couldn't make it out this year, so hopefully maybe next year uh, we, we'll get to be out there, or maybe even for March Madness as well. Um, what's been going on, man? I know you've been crushing it in tennis, WNBA. How's, the, how's all that going for you? Yeah, going pretty well. Uh, WNBA, I hit a plus 320 series price on the Aces and Four, which was nice. Nice. Uh, tennis been going well. Should have another episode out tonight for the semifinals on the men's side. Besides that, a lot of crazy matches keeping me up very late. Uh, you had the center Alcaraz match, which ended at about 3.30 a.m. local time. I was on VEASAN last night at like 2.15 in the morning, and I might have had the match on in the background while I was on the air. So <laughs> I tried to multitask the best to the best of my abilities. There's a lot of very, very good tennis being played. And it's also a great opportunity to find something to watch yeah. at 2.40 in the morning if you want some betting action. So keep that in mind. Do they just have those? I know it's so weird. we're down like quarters and, and it's like a lot less games going on. They just do it because of to get viewership on like on the four-letter network. Because I know when the first round started, you have matches all day. But as you get, you know, with less and less matchups, as you kind of advance through the tournament, is it just for TV? Is that what it is? Well, the main point was that you – had about four matches yesterday. You had the two men's matches in mm -hmm. the quarters, and then you also yeah. had the uh, 
later. So I'm just doing it in my head. Uh, yeah, you also had the two women's matches. Women's, yesterday. yeah. And it was also raining in the U.S., in New York especially. So mm. they were going to play most of the matches under the roof anyway. They yeah. didn't exactly have any choice. So you kind of had to play each match individually because the weather was so bad. So it seemed like they were just spacing it out based on the weather and the fact that they were really just trying to get every match on the same court. Okay. So you had four matches in total that ended up backlogging the entire schedule because they were all in the same court. And as a result, you had the men's match up last, and that resulted in a five-hour marathon that ended extremely late. Now, I understand for the night session, a lot of people want the men's matches on later because that's supposed to be the main event, so to speak. Right. But since it's three out of five, you might want to put the women's match last moving forward because these men's matches ending at like 4 a.m., yeah, it's just disastrous. Yeah, they might want to consider flipping that moving forward, but I was up anyway. I had a good time. Yeah, and I, especially because men's is best out of five, uh, yep. and then women's is best out of three. So obviously, with the women's, it'll be a shorter match. But let's put all that in the rearview mirror. We're here to talk about the National Football League, uh, and Scott, let's just dive right into it, my man. We're gonna handicap the six uh, afternoon games. Obviously, a lot of them will be West Coast teams. First game on the docket, it's going to be, and the lines are going to be courtesy of WinBet. Let's just start right there with the Kansas City Chiefs heading to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Currently on WinBet, I'm seeing the Chiefs are a six-point road favorite here. Total is set at 54 with a money line of minus 260 for the Chiefs and a home underdog price of plus 210 for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Kansas City Chiefs, not a lot going on. Uh, Blake Bell, their tight end, is on injured reserve. That is the, really the only significant injury for the Kansas City Chiefs. For the Arizona Cardinals, uh, a little more lengthy. Um, Zach Ertz is questionable. He was uh, He's batting a, a calf injury on practice uh, as of Thursday. Uh, Marcus Golden, their linebacker, also did not participate in practice on Wednesday. J.J. Watt is questionable. He is dealing with covid uh, and also a calf injury, so he's considered a day-to-day as well. We obviously know no DeAndre Hopkins for at least the first six games for the Arizona Cardinals. Scott, the, it seems like the Cardinals always get off to a great start to the season. It's kind of where it gets to that midway point where they kind of fall off for the regular season. But looking at this game between a non-conference uh, game here, what do you like in this game with the, the Chiefs laying six points on the road going into Arizona? It sounds like a lot of points for a road team to be laying. I don't think it's enough points, actually. I'm going to lay with Kansas City. I don't like anything about what Arizona did during the offseason, like at all. I'm trying to think of any positives. I guess the main positive was replacing Christian Kirk with Hollywood Brown. The problem is you're missing DeAndre Hopkins. So now Brown, who is supposed to be your number two receiver, is your de facto one. And Kyler Murray... Whether he's focused or playing video games, the point is that the actual clause in his contract was revoked so he can go back to doing what he was doing previously. The Mm -hmm. point is it's not a good look when your star quarterback needs a clause in his contract initially saying, please go through some film. We beg you, please just drop the Xbox controller for a second. That's not exactly a good look. But they also lost Chandler Jones, who was their best pass rusher. I don't like the secondary in this team. Now, I know that the Chiefs did lose, obviously, Tyreek Hill. I think they'll be fine. They had an entire offseason to prepare, to get an offensive game plan going, 
You still have Kelsey, still have a couple of solid receivers who could fill the void maybe collectively. But I'm trying to figure out what Arizona is really supposed to do to keep this game close besides getting into a shootout and praying they can score 28 points. I don't see it. I think that the Chiefs are going to be able to open up a decent lead. If you want a fun trend here, the Chiefs, we know with Andy Reid, he's very good off the bye. That's a well-known thing about Andy Reid. Mm -hmm. It also applies to the offseason because in the last six season openers, the Chiefs have scored at least 33 points in each of the last six season openers. I think they're going to kill this team. I think they're going to win this game by double digits. I like the team total over 30. I like the Chiefs minus six. I know Arizona usually falls apart late in the year. I still don't like Kingsbury as a coach. And the fact that they keep fading down the stretch means he's not good at making adjustments. Do you like anything about this Cardinals team besides maybe the ground game a little bit, but they also lost Chase Edmonds? I don't know what they got better at the entire offseason, not to mention all the distractions with Kyler, et cetera. So I like the Chiefs in this spot. Yeah, I think that coming into this season or a lot of more question marks than answers, right, for the Arizona Cardinals. You're not going to have one of the best wide receivers uh, arguably in DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games. You try to replace or compensate that with Hollywood Brown. I'm not sure if that's going to work out very well um, for, for the Arizona Cardinals defensively. They have some playmakers, but if J.J. Watt's not out there, I mean, I know he's older and he's in his entire light years, but he's still a, a, a presence or a leader to have on that defense, especially in the run game, right? Um, but this Chiefs offense, we talked a lot about in the offseason by not having Tyreek Hill anymore. Well, so what? You, you, you added Marquez Van Valdez-Scantley, right? You added Juju Smith-Schuster. You have depth on this team. You had to sky more in yeah. the draft, yeah. So there's a lot more weapons now for Patrick Mahomes to pick apart opposing defenses, and I think that's going to start in this game as well. Initially, when you're looking at this, yeah, you probably think that the Chiefs are laying six points on the road going into Arizona, but I think that, like you said, the one point I did like is that when you give Andy Reid so much time to prepare – whether it's coming off a bye or just, you know, in the playoffs where they have a bye and they have that kind of that 10 game stretch where they can get ready for a team. I think that this is falls greatly into the advantage of the Kansas city chiefs. So um, with question marks surrounding the Arizona Cardinals, I have to look at the Kansas city chiefs. I think this is a good teaser play as well. uh, If you want to do a teaser with the Kansas city chiefs, Uh, Scott, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think they're going to win the game handily. So I kind of have to like them on a teaser, but I also want to talk briefly about the Chiefs' defense, which I'll acknowledge is not great, especially after losing Tyron Matthew. Right. Now, some Chiefs fans I know didn't really like Matthew anyway because he wasn't very good last year, but still, he was one of the faces of the defense. I will acknowledge the secondary is not great. However, I do really like that defensive line, and I think that's clearly the strength of this defense, and if Karloftis can turn into something, they might be really, really good up front. Mm-hmm. I bring it up because the Cardinals – we saw in the playoff game against the Rams, uh, Murray was running for his life the entire game, and yep. that was also a case for the majority of the season. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs should, keyword should, generate pressure. Worst case scenario throughout this game. And I don't think Arizona can generate pressure to the same degree because Chandler Jones is not there anymore. So if you're talking about up front, I think the Cardinals should struggle both offensively and defensively in the trenches. That's the story for me. I think the Chiefs can get enough stops because of the defensive line. I think Arizona's not going to get many stops at all in this game. The Chiefs might score 40. It wouldn't surprise me, but I'll take them to win the game handily. I think that they'll go over the team total, 
they'll cover the first half, they'll cover the full game. Arizona, I get it if you think this team could be entertaining and you mm-hmm. think maybe they have a chip on their shoulder. With Hopkins out, I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and take the Chiefs. Yeah, Arizona comes in with the 21st-ranked offensive line, according to Warren Sharp, for this season. So well below average for this Arizona Cardinals team. you have anything else for this team or for this game? No, not really. I think if you want to go for some props, you can look into Mahomes' overs. I think he's going to throw yeah. it around the parking lot. The running backs are tricky. I don't think Ronald Jones is going to play, but they signed mm-hmm. him. A lot of people like uh, Pacheco as yeah. the rookie, so you don't know what the story is between Snapshare with him and Edwards Hilaire, for example. Mm-hmm. We saw Gore was good last year, so the Chiefs can kind of throw in anybody that might be that might be productive. Are you all over Kelsey props here? Because Arizona's linebacking core is actually one area I like their defense. But do you think he goes extra targets to, or he targets the security blanket and Kelsey more? Or do you think he goes out of his way to try to get the new guys a little bit more welcomed and he'll spread it around to a bunch of guys who should be open? I I think that at a point you're going to just have to rely on Kelsey just because of chemistry that him and Mahomes have just developed over the past several seasons uh, together. Right. And I mean, if it comes down with third down situation, he's probably going to be looking for Travis Kelsey just because he's going to be that security blanket for this team. Now I wouldn't be surprised if Kelsey gets into the range of double digit receptions in this game. Um, You talked about, you know, or we talked about the new, the receivers, the only new guy or the, the older receiver is Michael Hartman on this team, but I I think this is going to be not any good. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a huge year for Travis Kelsey. I think it'll take some a couple of games for at least the new guys to kind of get into the fold. I know they had an all-off season and training camp, but I think that it, just to have that game, game-by-game game experience at least or you know play time and to develop that chemistry, I think that's going to take at least the first couple of weeks. So I, I'm expecting big things from Travis Kelsey at least early on in the season, you know, before Juju Smith-Schuster and, and MVS really get it going for this Kansas City Chiefs offense. Yeah, we know Kelsey is an absolute unit. We know mm-hmm. that he can walk into – seven receptions, 150 yards, have a walk-off overtime touchdown like he did against the Chargers last year. Yeah, I think the main question, though, is with Hill no longer on the team, how will defenses adjust to actually covering these Chiefs' weapons? Yeah, And you're assuming they might shadow Kelsey because he's just such an integral part. They'll take their chances with Juju and with Marcus Valdez-Scantling. But the point is, even though Tyreek is not there and he was the clear wide receiver one, the fact is they improved at pretty much all the other wide receiver positions. So they might not have much up top, but if your wide receiver two and your wide receiver three can win on a higher percentage at the line of scrimmage, you'll make do. And we yeah. know that Bienemy and Reed are going to scheme people open anyway. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs should be fine. Yeah. I got my homes I got my homes on my main fantasy team. I'm not concerned at all. I'm sure yeah. I'll put up huge numbers. Especially when you have Mahomes in the in as your quarterback, I think you'll be just fine. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game. It's going to be an AFC West uh, divisional matchup between the Las Vegas Raiders heading to L.A. to take on the Chargers. Currently seeing the Chargers as a three-and-a-half-point home favorite here. Uh, total is set at 52. Uh, money line plus 155 for the Raiders, and the Chargers are minus 190 on the money line. Looking at the uh, injury report for both of these teams, to start with the Raiders here. Currently seeing um, no significant guys. They have a couple guys that are on injured reserve. Uh, Brandon Parker, a couple of uh, defensive guys, but no uh, major things that we don't know about. And then for uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, currently seeing uh, Donald Parham, 
Tight end is questionable. He did not participate in practice on Wednesday. J.C. Jackson also questionable. Uh, Chargers head coach Brian Staley said Wednesday that Jackson's ankle will be a game-time decision in the season opener against the Raiders. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, maybe a guy missing in their secondary here, Scott. But um, pretty good matchup here between the Raiders and the uh, Chargers. Uh, the Chargers laying three and a half. What do you think about this game, and where are you putting your money? I like the over. Is my favorite play. I feel like when it comes down to these actual teams, you're not exactly sure what to expect for the defenses. Mm-hmm. The Chargers on paper should be better defensively, right. but it's mostly because I'm not a fan of the Raiders secondary at all. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at the defensive line for both teams, and Chandler Jones, we just talked about leaving Arizona. He went to Vegas. Now you have him and Max Crosby against the likes of Bosa and Mack. Now, Mack might get injured by like week four, but it's week one, so he's going to play. I think that the pass rush could be the story here. The Chargers do have a very good offensive line, so they should be able to handle the Raiders' pass rush. The Raiders' offensive line's okay. It's not amazing, but it's fine. I just think the weapons are a little bit too much to cover entirely because you got Devontae Adams now in Las Vegas. You still have Renfro. The ground game's not exactly good for the Raiders. They might chuck it around the parking lot. And the Chargers, we know, have a lot of weapons, both in the passing game and the run game. Mm-hmm. And we know Staley's allergic to field goal attempts because he's going to want to go for it on fourth down every time. Yeah. So I think you're going to see a lot of points. I think that both quarterbacks are going to air it out. They're going to see a very competitive game. It's in a dome, so weather's not an issue. Total's around 52. I like the over. I think one of these teams, if not both, could get the 30, yeah. and nobody would be surprised. My favorite play is the over. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to go back to last season and see what the final scores were in both those games. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, the season uh, finale is one of them. but Yeah, and I think that maybe some of the guys were out of that game. But let's see. Um, so one game was week four, ended up 28-14. And then the last game was that where they went to overtime 35-32. But, I mean, like you mentioned, there's just so many good weapons on, on both of these teams, right? Both at the skill positions. The quarterbacks, I think, are well above average. I think Derek Carr... Should have a big year. It'll be interesting to see how him and Devontae Adams kind of develop that chemistry as the season kind of uh, progresses here. Yeah, I thought 52 was a little conservative for my liking as well. Um, but I, I also do like the Chargers in this game. I, I wish I would have gotten this at three, but at three and a half right now, I think they still can win this game by at least four points. Um, we talked about Brian Staley, allergic to field goals. How much do you think that may come back? Or do you think he's still going to be as aggressive self as he was last season where they took some – or they went for a fourth down in the on their, on their own territory, or do you think kind of scales back a little bit and, and says, hey, you know, maybe punt the ball here or take the field, or do you still expect him to be aggressive? Based on all of the quotes that he gave out midseason, I think it's going to be the same exact story. Okay. Because every time there was a mistake or something went wrong on fourth down, he basically said, we're creatures of the data, we're going to follow the data, and that's all we're going to do. And the data, if it suggests to go for it, then the results don't matter. Because Mm -hmm. if it's mathematically the right play, then that's all the justification you need. And the second that you start punting and you kind of start, I'd say, backing away from being that heavily in favor of the analytics, Mm -hmm. then why are you the head coach? Because your entire premise when you got the job, we're going to play this game through the math and through the analytics. So Mm -hmm. once you kind of shy away from your main coaching identity, then what's the point? Are you just admitting that you're a fraud if you don't follow the data to the same level that you did previously? So, no, I think this is who Staley is. 
I think him and the coaching staff are going to live and die by the numbers. Last year, they died by the numbers in the final game of the season because they went for it at their own like 20-something yard line and yeah. they led to a free three points. And yeah. they could have used those because they would have won the game in regulation if they didn't give those away. Yeah. But I am going to go with the thought process of Staley really being the same guy. Maybe on occasion he'll punt it late in the fourth quarter. But for the most part, no. I, I think this is the same exact story. And I think it's going to come back to bite him at some point. Maybe not week one, but I think these teams are pretty close. I would lean to the Chargers, but my favorite play is the over. That's where my money's going. All right. Yeah, you have agreement with me here as well. I think that this would be a great – it's going to be a great game for all these fantasy players as well. I think that you're going to see a lot of yardage uh, being put up in this game as well as touchdowns as What do you well. think, though? Do you think he's going to scale it back, or do you think this is who he is? Because I think it's just who he is. Yeah, I think – yeah, I agree with that. And that's why I asked you. I feel like that they're still going to be doing what they did last season just because you know, he's coming out and saying, hey – we're analytic guys. We, we just go by the numbers. You know, we can go for it. And I think that they, they have, for lack of better words, I think the game plan there now this season, I think they learned a lot from last season on, mm-hmm. you know, what plays to call and things like that when you're in that situation as well. So, um, yeah, again, this team is, is one of the more hype teams coming into the season. Uh, it's going to be a fun fun week one matchup between these two divisional teams in the AFC West. Uh, you have anything else for this game? Yeah, I was going to say, that's just the beauty of the math argument, because even if a play doesn't work and Mm -hmm. you turn it over at your own 30 and somebody wants to yell at you about it, you could say, well, if we would have converted, our win percentage would have been like 43%. And it's like, that's great. It didn't happen. You're like, well, that doesn't matter. So you have a built-in argument every time something fails saying, well, it was worth the risk because if this happened, then this, 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 and this happened, which is kind of a false or at least a flawed argument because it didn't happen so you can't prove any of it but that's the main basis for the argument it's if this goes right if this main decision this crucial decision goes in our favor the odds of us winning this game increase dramatically it could be bullshit but that's the argument they're going to use so i think nothing's going to change as a result you have a built-in alibi yeah hindsight is 2020 my friend (laughs) um all right, uh, before we get over to the next game of the afternoon schedule, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, WinBet. Thinking of joining WinBet? Now is a perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Before perfect for kicking off the NFL season. Plus, WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus of up to $1,000. Win also has their first quarterback to throw five touchdown prop bets. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by the Free Roll Football Contest. The Free Roll Football Contests are here, and they're better than ever. College football contest has $1,500 up for grabs, and the NFL contest has $5,000 plus a two-night stay at Win Las Vegas up for grabs. Sign up exclusively in our Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. We're also brought to you by the Live Sports Bureau. Football fans, the NFL regular season is finally here, and as week one kicks off and you get ready to place your bets or lock in in your fantasy teams, you need to check out the Elias Game Plan app. The ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB that has everything you need to get a competitive advantage. 
Eli's game plan is not the is 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 the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats, the Elias Sports Bureau, which is the official statisticians of the U.S. Pro Sports League, including the NFL. Their app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head team comparisons, and the Elias key insights from their renowned research team. The app really is your one-stop source for player news and league-validated player stats and team records. Expert game analysis for betting fantasy betting fantasy lineups each week and showing off your superior sports knowledge to your friends and co-workers so for this nfl season don't wait download the elias game plan app today and right now we have a special offer when you subscribe get a 14-day free tile off a monthly subscription plan but only if you use promo code sgpn find elias game plan sports betting in the app store or the google play store today and use the promo code sgpn All right, Scott, let's keep the ball rolling here. Two games down. We have about three more to go here. Let's go to an NFC North battle. It's going to be the Green Bay Packers going to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Currently seeing the Packers are a short road favorite here of minus one and a half. Uh, Total is set at 47. Money line minus 120 on the Packers and even money on the Minnesota Vikings. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams. For the Green Bay Packers, currently I am seeing that Alan Lazard is actually questionable. He wasn't spotted at the uh, portion of the Thursday practice for the Green Bay Packers, which was open to the media. Uh, Darnell Savage is also questionable. He was limited uh, in the practice on Friday with a hamstring issue, and we're still waiting on word about Robert Tunyon, who's you know coming back from that knee injury. He was also limited in practice on Wednesday. David Bakhtiari also questionable, but he said that he's believed to be on track to start game one or week one against the Minnesota Vikings. So that's for the Green Bay Packers. Looking at the Minnesota Vikings injury report, uh, not much has changed here. Uh, Everybody is ago. No significant injuries for the Minnesota Vikings. But Scott, um, big first game here for the Minnesota Vikings as as they host the defending uh, Kings of the North, uh, the Green Bay Packers. What do you got for this game? So I feel like most people blindly like Green Bay because Rodgers, historically speaking, has owned every team in that division. Having said that, I actually like Minnesota in this game. We've seen Minnesota occasionally give Green Bay problems in Minnesota especially, and I just can't help but look at Green Bay's weapons, if that's what you want to call them, at the receiver position. I don't really like the receiving core at all. I think Dobbs could be very good, and I think he's going to be a very underrated rookie for the early portion of the season. Lazard has injury issues, and I believe he got his hand stepped on in practice, and now he might not play in week one. You have Randall Cobb, and you have Sammy Watkins. Good luck with that one. We'll see how that, <laughs> how that goes. But we, we know Minnesota has a brand-new head coach. Zimmer's finally gone, which is nice. And it seems like the players had a parade when he got fired because the actual culture was relatively toxic. But they're going to air it out a bit more. And even though Green Bay does have a good secondary, I love Alexander. I love Stokes. I think they're a very good tandem. I do have concerns with Green Bay's offense. And I think that the idea that Rodgers is just going to hit the ground running despite throwing the ball to a lot of unproven commodities or proven but or proven but well pat or well past primed wide receivers mm-hmm. is not ideal. I like Minnesota. I feel like people are going to blindly back the Packers. I'm not going to be one of them. 
I think if you're looking for Minnesota to take a game against its rival, this is the game. Yeah, I'm going with Minnesota. Yeah, I feel like like this is the like all or not all in game, but like a game that you want to start your season off with a bang. Like if you're going to compete and then try to win this division, like this game has to be it for you for the Minnesota Vikings, right? I mean, you got a new head coach. Uh, you're at home. I know it's not a 110 Eastern start for Kirk Cousins, but hopefully maybe some things have changed there. But, you know, this team is healthy, right? You have Justin Jefferson. You have uh, Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook is back as well. Kirk Cousins, I think for all the slack he gets, it's a more than competent quarterback. Just makes some questionable decisions sometimes. But you mentioned it. I think that I'm not very sold on the skill position, uh, at least at the wide receiving position for the Green Bay Packers. I think Devontae Adams, we've talked about it all offseason, all across all the pods. That's a big loss for them. Uh, but when you're relying on guys like like you mentioned, Sammy Watkins and, and rookie uh, wide receivers that we know that Aaron Rodgers isn't very too fond of or doesn't trust at certain times, I think they, they're going to have to rely heavily, I think, on their on their, on their their run game, um, uh, at least for the early weeks until they have that chemistry develop with uh, the young uh, wide receivers is what I'm trying to say. Do you think Rodgers is willing to do that? Do you think Rodgers is – that's what they should do, obviously, because they paid Jones a bunch of money and they have Dylan, but yeah. Rodgers has several MVPs. We know that he puts up a lot of numbers. And based on perception and the fact that he, I wouldn't say lied, but manipulated the way that he stated he was immunized last year, you can mm -hmm. argue that he's a bit of a diva and he's a bit selfish. Do you think Rodgers will be willing to take that big of a step back in production? I don't know. He's going to have to if they want to win games. But I'm asking because yeah. I'm not sure if he would be willing to do that. I don't think so either, just because we know, I mean, the ego that he does have. Um, I don't know, man. I think this. Is, I, I think that year in and year out, a lot of people do doubt Aaron Rodgers. But I, I think that it's going to be very interesting to see early on, Scott, is how this offense is going to look, especially in the life without Devontae Adams. Because you're in a third down situation, you know exactly where that ball is going for the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. It, was yeah, it worked like 80% Adams. of the time. Yeah, and even if it wasn't, you know, third-down situations, I mean, we saw the target numbers that he generated when he was with the Packers. So it's going to be interesting to see for me for sure that, you know, how does Sammy Watkins fit into this offense? How much is Aaron Rodgers going to be throwing the ball here? Who does he trust? Who does he go to? Uh, but I think this is a spot here for the Minnesota Vikings week one. With the Packers coming to town, I I'm going to take the points here. I'm going to take the money line here for the Minnesota Vikings. I think they get off to a 1-0 start. I think they, you know – take the first game of the two game meeting between the Green Bay Packers for the season. And I think that this is a team that I'm very high on coming into the season. So uh, all the pieces are there for them, especially offensively. I think this team can put up points. Um, so I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings in this game at even money. Um, do you have any thoughts on the total? I think I'm leaning to the under. I think it's a bit correlated, even though Minnesota wants to air it out a bit more. Mm -hmm. I don't think they can voluntarily get into a shootout with Green Bay. I think that a lot of it's going to come down to can Minnesota dominate up front. We know that Green Bay's offensive line is meh. Is that yeah. fair? I mean, Bakhtiari sure. is a shell of his former self, and he's injured all the time. I mm -hmm. uh, don't exactly have a good offensive line. And Minnesota, if they're going to win this game, they cannot let Rodgers get comfortable. And right. we said that Green Bay might want to run the ball more. I think that's going to be a big piece of it. Minnesota, I do think, is going to want to run the ball with Cook because Cook's done well against Green Bay in the past. Mm -hmm. I think it's correlated, so I'm going to go with the under. All right. Anything yeah. else for this game? Yeah, um, I was leaning towards the under as well just because I feel like that we're going to see a lot more running, especially from the Green Bay Packers side, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just because 
And both defenses are good. I mean, Green Bay's defense yeah. is very solid on paper. Yeah. Minnesota's should be decent. It should be a lot better than last year's. It's not saying much, but it should be better. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the under. I see a 24-20 type game. Sure. Give or take. Yeah. I mean, Green Bay Packers uh, secondary comes in ranked number one, according to Warren Sharp, and number nine in the front seven. So, you know, this could turn into a defensive battle. And Minnesota, like you mentioned, should be improved from what they were last season. But um, again, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, both number one defensively, how Minnesota's going to look, and then offensively for me for the Green Bay Packers. Um, let's get over to the next game of the afternoon schedule here, Scott. Uh, over on WinBet, we have the New York Giants. Headed to Tennessee to take on those uh, Titans, uh, number one seed from last year in the AFC. Uh, currently, Tennessee is a five and a half point home favorite. Total is set at 44. Money line minus 260 for the Tennessee Titans. And the Giants are plus 210 on the money line in this game. Looking at the injury report, let's start here with the New York Giants. I am currently seeing um on the most updated one that sterling shepherd is still going to be limited uh was a limited participant i'm sorry to say uh in the thursday practice uh aziz ojaleri was also limited with a calf injury and Kayvon thibodeau knee was also limited during uh practice on wednesday all three of those guys are questionable for the new york giants and then getting over to the tennessee titans injury report currently seeing uh, Jamarco Jones, offensive tackle is questionable, but, and then we already know about, uh, Harold Landry, the third, who was placed on IR, uh, because of the touring ACL he did suffer, um, in practice. Scott, interesting game here, a non-conference game for the New York Giants, uh, starting their season off in Tennessee as the Tennessee Titans are laying five and a half points here at home. Derek Henry is back. King Henry back in the backfield for the Tennessee Titans. Some new look faces on this Titans team at the wide receiver position in life after Corey Davis and AJ Brown. But what are you thinking about this team? A uh, lot more. I think there's more question marks for me for this Giants team. I think this is going to be more of a tryout year and see who Brian Dable wants to keep around for this team. But at least for week one, I'm seeing the Titans laying here minus five and a half. What do you think? I think it's a very, very tricky spot because I don't think, I don't think Tennessee is going to be very good this year on paper. Okay. The roster doesn't exactly wow me. Landry was their best pass rusher, or at least one of their best pass rushers, and now he's out, which is a big deal. You said five and a half. You can you can chop around and find and find six if you want the Giants. I think I'm going to take the points. Okay. There's no chance I'm betting this game in any capacity because I'm not sure how long it's going to take for Dable's system or just his own personnel to kind of shine through. I just don't want to lay much with Tennessee because I don't like their offense. And you could argue that Derrick Henry might run for 150. And I can't really argue with you because Derrick Henry is just a monster of a human being. But I don't like their weapons. I'm still not sold on Tannehill. We know he throws a decent amount of picks. Daniel Jones also turns the ball over a lot. But I see a low-scoring, ugly game. Barkley's healthy, so maybe that can help restore some balance to the offense and hopefully stays healthy for at least week one. Galladay's a lost cause. I'll admit that. He's a disaster. Probably the worst contract in the entire league. I think I'm going to take the Giants plus six here just because I think it's going to be a very ugly game offensively. And if that's the case, I'm going to take the points. But I don't like either team. I think Tennessee probably wins the game. If you want to go for a a long shot money line price, I don't mind the Giants, I guess. But I still think Tennessee is going to pull it out. Give me Tennessee by four in a very ugly game that I plan on watching none of. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't come down to a side on this game. Um, I, again, when in doubt, if I don't know the side, I'm taking the points. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite play is what you just mentioned. What's the under in this game? I think that we see both of these offenses struggling. Um, it's life after a lot of players that did leave, or at least for, you know, you mentioned the Giants having a new system coming in with Brian Dable. Um, you know, you have Saquon Barkley back. You have, you know, Kadarius Tony and, and those names on this offensive side for the New York Giants. But I think that this is going to be more of a defensive battle, probably a 21-17 type of game here, I think. Um, I think that points will be at a premium in this game. I think both offenses will struggle. So my favorite play in this game at least was the under 44. And then I think that you kind of look at the positional ranks uh, for the Tennessee Titans. I think that they're going to have to win games defensively this year, right? Their secondary is ranked number 11th coming into the season. New York Giants, it's going to be a, it's going to, I think it's going to be a long year for them. I, it should defensive. be. I mean, they got rid of Bradbury, so they don't have anybody in that second. Yeah. And, and their secondary ranks number 31 out of 32 teams as well. Yeah. But I, do I trust Tannehill, the new offense, to take, advantage that i think we're gonna see a lot more derrick henry and running and where the clock is gonna be tick 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 when you're running the ball obviously so my favorite play i'm gonna go under 44 in this game between the giants and the titans you have anything else for this game well i just want to ask since i'm leaning to the giants just based on the fact that i'm expecting a rock fight in mm -hmm. this game what do you think the spread should be how many points is a landry and company worth because i just think five and a half or six Seems way too much for an offense that should be what bottom third in the league, bottom half of the league. Like I'm, I'm just not interested in Tennessee. Yeah, I thought four would have been. A minus That's where four. I would have put it. I thought I yeah. thought six was pretty generous. So I'll take the six. Yeah, I think I also like the Tennessee Titans team total under twenty four and a half in this game. Yeah, I th I think twenty four, twenty is a pretty reasonable score. Maybe yeah. even like twenty to seventeen. I think there's yeah. a lot of low scores that could be feasible for this match. Yeah, especially getting that hook at that 24 and a half. I think that I, I do like the uh, team uh, team total for the Titans to go under as well. Um, before we get over to the next game, let me tell you guys about Fubo TV. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone, plus games in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game on or an episode of your favorite shows with included cloud-based DVR. Plus, no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. Whilst we're brought to you by PromoGuy.us. For all you sports bettors out there, I want to tell you about the best new way to increase your bankroll. It's called PromoGuy.us. At PromoGuy.us, you can get the biggest bonuses from all the best sports books in the country. We're talking $1,000 risk-free deposits, insane odds boots, and most importantly, the best analytics in the business, plus tons of free picks as well. PromoGuy.us is your guide to betting smart. Once again, that's PromoGuy.us. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. Over-under have been in integrated into the fantasy experience on Sleeper. And it's the first sports contest built into the fantasy experience. Not only can you enter a contest via over-under itself, but you can also do so through your fantasy league's matchup screen. For example, Patrick Mahomes is your starting quarterback, and not only do you think you are going to win your fantasy matchup for this particular week, 
but you're also as confident that you think that Patrick Mahomes is going to hit his over 250 passing yards projected line. And if you win your fantasy league that match uh, that week, and you also think that Mahomes is going to get over, and if you get that both correct, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money that you put in. The main reason we're excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. I've got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. And it's certainly fun to ride it out together. Not only do they have NFL props, but they also have college football player props. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game and have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile device, join our listener group at sleeper.com slash SGP, sleeper.com slash SGP, and you'll get your first deposit match of up to $100. Again, sleeper.com slash SGP. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, Scott, we got, let's see, three games left on the schedule here for week one. Or sorry, we have one game left here. Uh, let's go to the Sunday night football game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are currently a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Um, currently seeing the total at 51 in this game. And the money line is minus 145 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Dallas Cowboys are a home underdog of plus 120. Looking at the uh, injury report for both of these teams, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Chris Godwin, uh, I think he's still I think he's still a week or a couple weeks out. He didn't practice on Thursday for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Logan Ryan, safety, was also questionable with a limited um, – Sorry, limited in practice with a hamstring issue. Giovanni Bernard also dealing with an ankle issue, limited in practice. And Russell Gage, wide receiver, also questionable um, for this game. He's also dealing with a hamstring and was limited in practice on Wednesday as well. Uh, we know about the offensive line issues, and they lost Ryan Jensen, their starting center. They also, uh, early in the season, are going to be without Tristan Wirfs for this team. Um but indications are that he may be ready to go on in week one against the Dallas Cowboys, according to head coach Todd Bowles. And let's get over to the Dallas Cowboys injury report. We always or we already know about the news of uh, Tyron Smith. They're going to be without him for at least probably November to December. James Washington also on the IR. He has a foot injury. Michael Gallup is also going to be out for this game. Um, and those are pretty much your significant injuries for the Dallas Cowboys. Scott, a lot of injuries on both sides of uh, or both both teams here. Um, Tom Brady, we read about and saw that he's maybe dealing with some personal things in his life. We saw about the trips to the Bahamas. He's back at practice. He's going to be playing in game one. But we saw these two teams last year kick it off on Thursday night football, which was an absolute shootout between these two teams. But for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they are going to be without Antonio Brown, but obviously no longer on his team, and Rob Gronkowski. Uh, quote-unquote semi-retired, Scott, but uh, what are your thoughts about this game for week one with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers laying two and a half points on the road in Dallas? So first of all, I just want to ask you, since there's no real confirmed answer, but since Godwin did uh, practice full or fully in the past couple days, do you think he's going to play? Because I personally do. I think he'll be limited in terms of snap count, but I think he will suit up. Do you think he will? I think he'll suit up, but I think you hit the nail on the head that he'll probably be limited in the number of snaps that he does play. But, I mean, you still have Mike Evans, Julio Jones, um, 
you know, Cameron Braid still obviously at the tight end position. So there's you still also, enough... You also forgot to include a healthy Julio Jones. Yeah, healthy Julio for Jones, once. which yeah. I think is very rare. Have, yeah, very he's, rare. I think he's going to have a big year um, for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's going to have to, but I, I think there's enough offensively, uh, even if Chris Godwin is suited up and he only plays to say 40 to 50% snaps for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, that'll be good enough. Uh, but thoughts on this game? I like Tampa. Okay. And it's really the fact that both teams are currently dealing with similar issues. Most of the offensive line, uh, they're not very good. The Cowboys signed Jason Peters. Peters hasn't been good since I don't even know when the last time. He's he, he was 40. Good. He hasn't been good since I, I, I don't even know the last time. It's, it's been a long time, and he's 40 now, so he's even worse. He's been cooked for years. I'm yeah. sure Sean can confirm that because he's an Eagles fan. I'm sure he could tell you how bad Peters has been in the past. But the point is it's come to that. The Cowboys yeah. needed to sign a 40-year-old at the last minute because Tyron Smith got injured. The offensive line wasn't that good anyway because Lyle Collins left. You're looking at the Cowboys, and I think they had the worst offseason of any team in the league because I'm trying to think of what position they got better at. They got worse on the offensive line before the injury. Now the injury made it even worse. You're looking at the running back situation. They're still paying Elliott a bunch of money, and they're going to give him touches. The receiving core, you lost Cooper. You lost Wilson. Now you're lying on a rookie, and you're lying on a CD Lamb. That's basically it. And you have Gallup, who's okay. James Washington broke his foot. He's not going to play in this game. The tight ends are fine. And then you go into the defense. You lost Randy Gregory. And I don't think the defense is very good. I think Parsons is very good, obviously. I think Lawrence is a bit overrated, but still a good defensive lineman. And the secondary, you have Diggs, who had a lot of interceptions. He got burned a lot because he gambles all the time. And the rest of their secondary isn't very good. And on top of that, you lost Zerline. You brought in a rookie kicker. He was so bad, you brought back Brett Maher, who wasn't good for you in the first place. Do the Cowboys get better at any position? Because I don't see it. I mean, this team won 12 games last year with most of those guys that you – I mean, with the guys that you just mentioned there, right? And it seems like you're you're missing a lot. And I and I think that – you know, I mentioned this when we were talking about the NFC's division preview is I think that loss – of Tyron Smith on that offensive line is a bigger deal than that's. I don't think it's made enough of a big deal because of how great their offensive lines have been. Um, and again, like you mentioned, you're missing a lot at the skill positions as well, right? You're going to have to rely on a rookie wide receiver and CD lamb, and you're probably going to put your best corner, obviously on CD lamb. And, and what is the offense going to be for the Dallas Cowboys? Are they going to have to rely on the running game? Because Tampa last year was one of the best, um, Run stop in the run because yeah. is a damn savage in the middle. Yeah, so how are you going to put up points if, against this Tampa Bay defense? So, again, for me, for this game, I, I do like the under in this game as well at 52. I think that I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing hard – I'm seeing it very difficult on how the Dallas Cowboys are going to be scoring points in this game. You, The offensive line for both teams are terrible. So I like the under as well because of the injuries involved. So I do like that play for the total. But I mentioned all of the roster issues for the Cowboys. We also did not even talk about the fact that they kept their main coaching staff. That might have been the problem of the entire operation because (laughs) McCarthy's still there. Kellen Moore called the QB draw in the playoff game. He's still there. And I'm not sure if he's a good coordinator or not. But the point is McCarthy has not exactly been a solid head coach up to this point. 
Now, the Buccaneers did lose Arians. He's still there in some type of consultant role. Nobody mm. knows what that means. But Bowles is now the coach. I think Bowles is okay. But I don't like McCarthy. Dak's also a bit banged up. I know he was limited in practice recently. He's going to play, of course, but I do wonder how that's going to look. But in a close game, which is what we're expecting, I trust Brady more than anybody in the history of the sport. Sure. And we saw the same thing last year. The Bucs came back, had a massive drive at the end, kicked the game-winning field goal. The Cowboys have not done well at home against very good teams in the past couple of years. And with all the people that moved on, a lot of talented pieces, I like the Eagles to win the division. I think the Cowboys finish with a losing record. I'm low on this team. I think Brady does what he normally does, which is find a way. I, uh, I mean, number one. I kind of 27-20 going... if you want a score prediction. Yeah, I would probably go, yeah, 20, yeah, 27-20 seems, yeah, like the final score that we probably see. But, yeah, I mean, again, it's going to be how – I think the running backs are going to really have to be involved in the passing game, right? Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, whether it's screen passes, whether it's dink and dunks, they're going to have five ways to get down the field. And I don't think that the linebacking group of this front – of this team is absolutely incredible for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's what really won them the Super Bowl – against the Kansas City Chiefs. They were only able to hold them, what, nine points in that game, that Super Bowl. So I think it's going to be a rock fight as well. I think that Dallas is going to be uh, really struggling on the offense to score points and find ways to move the chains. Um, I think my a prop bet that you may want to look at is uh, sacks, combined sacks, if you're better to find a four and a half in this game. I think that's one way to look at it uh, for this game. But as far as the game, yeah, I agree with you. Give me Tampa minus two and a half and also take the, I think my more favorite play in this game, is going to be the under 52 uh, between these two squads. Uh, Scott, do you have anything else? Uh, for actual props in this game, I don't mind the sacks for yeah. the entire game. I, I think you're going to see both quarterbacks. I can't say run for their lives because Brady can't run, but you get the idea. I think they're going to be pressured a lot throughout this game. Uh, Dak interception, I don't mind either. I think yeah. that eventually the pressure is going to get there and he's going to have to make a couple of questionable decisions. I think Pollard should get the ball more. Is he going to? Probably not because Jerry Jones is stubborn and he overpaid for Zeke and doesn't want to admit that it's a terrible contract. So I think the Cowboys recognize that the run defense for Tampa is still stout and they're going to have to throw the ball more. You have some young receivers you have to rely on. You might have a couple of miscommunications, maybe just the lack of crispness from routes. I think Dak throws at least an interception. Yeah, I like that. Um I, that's all I got for uh, this game as well. So before we get into our picks segment, let me tell you guys about Run Your Pool. Run Your Pool is a home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun, from Pick'em and Survivor to Fantasy Pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. We've teamed up with Run Your Pool to host for our official SGPN NFL Survivor Contest. Hop in now to reserve your spot. It's free to enter. The winner gets $500 in cash plus a $250 gift card to the SGPN store. Sign up today over at play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. That's play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. Watch we're about to buy Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader? Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather. The better is to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker to search so bettors can keep records of all the games that you're betting and your betting activity. 
So all you have to do is go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire to take advantage of this. That's oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, Scott, let's close this out strong with our lock and dog for the afternoon games in the NFL week one. I'll give you the floor first. Uh, what is your lock and dog for uh, NFL week one afternoon games? So for my lock, I'm going to go back to the Chiefs game. I'm going to go with the Chiefs team total over. I saw a flat 30. Uh, I'm going to go with that. I just think Kansas City offensively has too many weapons, and I'm not sold in Arizona's defense. Plus, Arizona goes relatively quickly. I didn't mention that before, so you should get more possessions out there, especially if the Cardinals go three and out a couple of times. But six straight season openers with 33-plus points. Uh, Arizona offensively should not be great. You might see a couple turnovers as well, maybe a strip sack in there uh, to set up good field position. But the Chiefs offensively, I still think you're going to be an absolute unit. Arizona's defense is not very good. I think the Chiefs just come out and smack this team. I think they're going to score at least 35 in this game, but I'll take the over 30 for a team total. All right, and your underdog for the game or for the so, uh, week. My underdog's a bit tricky because I didn't really mention many that I think are going to win the game outright, which is a bit of a problem. I don't know if Minnesota counts because they're like a one-point dogs, so though. I don't know if that actually counts or not. They're technically underdogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if it's plus <sighs> money as a dog, so I don't know if I, I don't know if I can get away with that. So, do I want to go with the Giants? Like, I don't, I don't think they're going to win the game, so I think that's kind of tricky. I'm going to go with alternative total. I'm going to go with the Raiders and Chargers over fifty-four and a half. I think you're going to okay. see a track meet breakout. I think that either team, if not both, could go for thirty. We saw in the final game of the regular season last year, there was chaos. And now you have Devontae Adams there. And the Raiders receiving core was not exactly good last year. I like the over for an alternative. If you saw 60 points in the game, it wouldn't surprise me. My nope. dog's going to be an alternative over in that Raiders-Chargers game. Yeah, my lock was going to be the over in the Raiders and the Chargers game. Again, I think like we mentioned numerous times, I was just going to see points. And this turns into a track meet. Uh, both these offenses are more than capable of putting up points. We know about the aggressive nature of uh, Brandon Staley of going in for a fourth down, not selling for field goals and trying to go for the touchdowns. Um, at 52, again, I agree with you with your alternative total as well. That I think we see the range of 55, 56 points being scored in this game. So over 52 as my lock for me. Um, yeah, I think this afternoon's uh, slate is at least tricky for an underdog. Um you know what we'll do? Let's go with an alternative on the Minnesota Vikings. Let's go minus two eh, and a half. Yeah, minus two and a half. I don't see the number on that right now over on win bet, but obviously that will be at plus money. Um, I, I think they get the job done here uh, against the, the Green Bay Packers. I think this game means, I think, a lot more to the Minnesota Vikings if they want to win this division to dethrone the Kings of the NFC North for the past, I don't know how many seasons. Um and I think it starts here in week one. I think these guys will be ready to play. They're going to, you know, we, we talked about how Mike Zimmer's out the door. You bring in a brand new offensive mind into this into this building for the Minnesota Vikings. Our crowd should be ready to go. Um, I think these comes out, these guys will come out and play well. So uh, give me the Minnesota Vikings minus a two and a half in this game as an alternative for my dog. Let me see if I can find a price on that. So uh, I found 54 and a half at plus 115. Okay. I mean, I'm sure you could probably find a better price elsewhere, but it is a dog, so that does yeah. count. And for the Vikings, let me see what I can find. 
Uh, I see a plus 120 on the minus okay. two and a half. Yeah. Those count. They're baby dogs, but they still count. Yeah. Little puppies. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's going to do it for this week one edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast Part Two Afternoon Games. Uh, we're still trying to figure out what we're going to call it, but we're going to split title. up. Yeah. Working title. There you go. So we're going to split up uh, the pods NFL uh, weekly by uh, having the by Justin and um, Ryan or in some form in some form some form or fashion be covering the early kickoffs and then we'll be here for the afternoon kickoffs and the Sunday night football game uh, for the duration of the season. So if you haven't already, guys, make sure to subscribe, like, rate, leave a review for the NFL Gambling Podcast. NFL season is finally here. Hopefully, we can put some money in your pockets this season. Um, Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here, my man? Not really. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Still doing WNBA gambling podcast with Terrell as we approach the N- the WNBA Finals. Of course, still have the tennis gambling podcast. We should have an episode coming out tonight. Besides that, uh, yeah, I know we got NBA coming up in some point. Uh, I know we did some win totals, so if you want to look at those, uh, check those out. It might have been before the Mitchell trade. Uh, we liked Utah's under anyway, so you know we were on the right side there. But besides that, a lot of content, a lot of fun, and looking forward to both the NFL and college for the next couple months. Yeah, like you mentioned, a lot of content coming up. NBA, we're going to start grinding away division previews as well. So definitely uh, look out for that. All right. Till then, good luck with your bets in week one. Let's break these books off and let it ride.